Welcome back to Friends From Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A podcast that will be talking about Secret Invasion Episode 1. Wow. Our very first Disney Plus Marvel Studios miniseries since October 13th. So, Did you realize uh, uh, <laughs> it's been uh, almost a year? It's a podcast that's hosted by me, Kyle Sconowell, and my newly mustached friend, Robbie uh, Earl. That's right. If you're watching on Spotify or on YouTube, you can see this this faint mustache coming in. <laughs> I don't know how I feel yet. This it's a little is Luigi-esque. A, this is all in service of, of raising awareness of our video component here. Oh, uh, thank you. So for thank everyone you. that's listening and they're thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, what is this? Have to see it. Well, you know, over on Spotify, we've, right. got, we've got that now. And YouTube. You, you won't be able to focus on anything we're saying except for just lasering in on your mustache. But it's also uh, fitting from like a, a sort of disguise perspective, right? Yeah. Like within oh. the, you know, I can't shape shift, but I can yes. do a little bit of... And we have our hats on. That's a good yeah. point. True. You know True. What? Yeah. I mean, by MCU Here. standards, I'm unrecognizable. Yep. And and I'll throw my glasses on here if you're watching. Now, oh, yeah, the I black mean, hat, the black hat and the glasses. How would well you ever know? You have no idea. This is our first show since October 13th and uh as a side note, they're obviously getting the message of slowing these things down. Or at least they understood that the pace they were at before was unsustainable because that is the longest break we've had since Disney Plus started. So, yeah. Um, and I what, I think that last week some uh we'll get into this later but i think some film dates kind of swapped around to where i think also yep. they're spacing out marvel film releases potentially it's still too far out to know but i noticed we could be getting as as few marvel films a year as we have since like 2016 like early yeah. early phase three stuff so the only film that got pushed up was Deadpool 3, which is unique. So that's May. Yeah. And then everything else slid back. At this point, I love them announcing stuff. What's the point of giving them a date if it's just going to move so much? So, uh, But I do right. like the announcements. We'll get into the news side of it on a different episode because, as I always say, there's no time. No time. <laughs> we have a new show. Welcome back to Friends from Work talking weekly Marvel projects here. And I am so stoked about it. Robbie, let's just get into it. Secret Invasion episode one. Before you give any spiel, before we give any kind of critical reaction, you've been so busy. So I genuinely have no idea if you liked it or not. You had to literally text me two days after our screener. Kyle, <laughs> do you like it? Um, I told you how I felt. But we're talking episode one today. I want to really quickly actually start at the end and talk about a couple things at the very end of the episode. First of all, legit, I'm totally legit here. I've watched the episode twice. Can you uh -huh. help me explain a little bit of what went down at the very end? So Gaia meets with who we think is Talos, right? Mm -hmm. You caught this. She said that she's going to mark the bags, but then in the actual bombing, the bags are empty. And then it leads to one of the shapeshifters, you know, taunting Fury with all these different people that he had seen throughout the day. Right. And then and then ultimately becoming Nick Fury and shooting Maria Hill, which, by the way, so th that's the two things I want to talk about. Crazy, I mean, bold swing to, right. to kill Maria in the first 
episode here. Yeah. Okay. But, but, okay, two things. We'll react to that in one second. Do you understand what's going on there? Did Gaia just lie about it? Or was she talking to a different Talos? No, I, I, I thought she just lied. Um, my understanding she was that. She just straight lied. Yeah, because I think, which I, I felt was coming after we got the line from Talos to Fury and Hill where he was like, she's come back. Gaia's come back. Like, I was, I had that, like, ah, that feels like it was too easy. And so I was kind of looking for it in that final scene. And I think what she did was she told, she made a point to tell them about the infrared spray so that they could use those bags as decoys and actually go through with the, with the bombing. That was my view. Okay. If you go back and watch it a second time, there's like a really strange cut right before he says guys come back. It's, it's mid conversation. And then they walk towards the car and it's a really fast edit. Mm-hmm. to Talos in the, like, meeting room, I almost felt like it was so fast that I was wondering if that was, like, another Talos yeah. or something. Well, I did, you know, I feel like the the camera work here was so strange at times, I thought. Like, there were there were moments like that where I was kind of, on the one hand, there were there were quick cuts or cuts that I... Like I had to, this is the first time I remember having to rewind mid screener like that to the, because I was like, I wonder like, will this app even let me rewind because the (laughs) Disney debut stuff is so uh, intense. And I had to do it several times just to make sure that I was tracking, you know, I mean, especially when we're talking about a a show with shapeshifters and just making sure that I'm following the right the right person. So I, I feel like I, that's, that's totally fair from my perspective. Uh, that is fascinating. I didn't feel that at all. In fact, in my original tweet and in these notes, uh, I tweeted that I kind of love the unique cinematography. I liked the side, uh, angle of Ross running up the steps like sideways. I like the zoom in yeah. of the owl shot where it's only half the owl and half not. Mm-hmm. I liked synced with the music, them being chased up the staircase and the lights going on as they go up each staircase. Yeah. Like, I thought some of the cinematography things were actually really, really cool, but you seem like that was not the case. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of, of, I'm of two minds because so the opening scene with Ross, I had seen whenever they released that, that five minute clip uh, via the the kind of secret website, which I thought was a really fun promo thing. Mm-hmm. And I was so stoked after watching that because, yeah, I thought the camera work there, really everything about that scene, I thought was perfect. It was such a cool way to open up the show and to kind of lay out the stakes, give you just the right amount of background for people that maybe have not watched Captain Marvel in a while or known like where all the players on the board are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in, in the camera work there, even when he's running down the stairs and you kind of see it from like a GoPro perspective, mm-hmm. I thought was cool. That's um, what I mean. Yeah, no, so I'm with you. There was a lot of, there, there were definitely a lot of cool camera work moments. I think I'm just a little bit torn because there were others that felt like I, I had the, that actual last scene with Hill felt to me like it because of, of some of the cuts, it didn't feel as 
Uh, oh, wow. Like, it didn't feel like as weighty as it should have, I thought. Like, from a story perspective, it does, and from a performance perspective, but it's like, I'm almost... I don't know. It, it, there was so much going on so quickly, and I get that we had to do that to show that she was confused and thought it was Nick, but it wasn't Nick. But I was just, I, I couldn't, I need to, this is probably one that that will, it'll be an interesting rewatch and probably benefit from that. Hmm. But it was just like for, for as, you know, a character that's been around so long, I feel mm -hmm. like I wanted that moment to feel like a, like a let's pause for a second and, and like soak this in kind of moment. And I don't know if it was just because they were trying to highlight the chaos of that entire situation or because it was just like a, a probably just a, read on my part that didn't jive but I did like that's a wow. note that I wrote down where it was like again like no no issue with the story choice I love the which is crazy by the way to kill oh, yeah. that character this early on and, yeah, and, and by the way find out that Soren's dead which is pretty crazy too yeah I, which I feel like that's being dangled out a little bit as a like not a mystery per se, but I mean, they haven't said exactly how she died, right? I mean, they're implying that she sure. died via this kind of radical scroll group, but- I think that's going to be the point of the entire series, right? Is like literally like their promo said, trust no one. So that, like, I think she's dead, yeah. but they're going to probably have all these little twists and turns of like, well, actually she was killed by, you right. know, Gaia shape-shifting as someone else or- or, or somebody, you know, something we don't know, something shocking or Fury did on accident or I, that's not it, but you know, or something maybe like Talos that. is Soren. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like that for sure. <laughs> that oh. is one thing that I, that I wonder about, like the whole time I'm watching, because I know that they can all shape shift like that. It's so hard. And I guess that's the point. And that's the paranoid thriller of it all, which I love. Like I, I never, I literally never know if I'm looking at the actual character or if I'm looking at somebody impersonating the character, which is fun because it's like even a scroll, like even if it's a, like there's no reason why Talos is, has to be Talos because scrolls can look like other scrolls. It's, it's fun because it's like uh, the potential for all these head fakes. Yeah. Okay. Let's go all the way back. Secret Invasion episode one directed by Ali Salim and I may have gotten that wrong. There will be a group of writers kind of throughout, uh, Kyle Bradstreet, Brian Tucker, and Jonathan Hirschbein. Hirschbein, again, may have messed that up. You know the cast, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Colby Smulders, Olivia Coleman, Martin Freeman, Amelia Clark, Don Cheadle, Kingsley Ben-Adir, and there's a bunch more here with a few fun cameos coming, I'm sure. And then music by Chris Bowers. So, Robbie, I think this is a good spot for full disclosure here. We got two episodes of a screener, but you've been so busy. I think you've just seen episode one, correct? Right. I have seen episode two. So I was going to try to come in here and like pretend like I haven't, but I decided <laughs> that's not the way to go about it. So uh, overall, briefly, I thought it was really intriguing. Um, I, I liked the slower pace. 
Like I mm-hmm. like going to a more noir feel. I pointed out some of the lighting and cinematography things. Um, some of that, I think you'll see more in episode two. I thought that this first episode did a really good job of getting me intrigued, but this one I'm just going to say, and then I won't say it again. Uh, if this first episode for me was like a let's go, the second episode's like a let's freaking go minus. So I okay. get those a little bit okay. blurred. Some of my comments probably because it's from yeah. both episodes. So what no, were your okay, overall that's... thoughts before we dive into some of the details? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm as of, you know, having not seen the second one, I think I'm sort of in lockstep. There are so many things that I liked about this episode so many more than I, than I had issues with. Um, I loved like, I love the character set. I love the tone. I, lo- I like the music. I love, by the way, just because we don't often remember to highlight this. I really liked the, the theme graphics and, and song, yeah. like the whole intro I thought was really cool. Which, by the way, is something that they have killed in all Disney Plus shows. They're all different, yeah. but they've all been fantastic. Like the Hawkeye one is incredible with the actual yeah. uh, comic stuff. Some of the Loki stuff was really cool. Oh, yeah. With those credits the, going the Ms. on. The Miss Marvel one was not yes. like that. Between the, you know, and some shows do it more on the back end than on the front end. Like She-Hulk had yep. the, the art on the back end, kind of like yep. Miss Marvel, but. But yeah. even the Miss Marvel uh, title card being all the different mm-hmm. written things. Yeah. They, I mean, they've done that really well. That yeah, part's for been sure. And I, I just, I liked how immediately set apart this one felt even. Like it's less. So jarringly different from what we've yeah. been getting. I mean, really, colorful. really, let's go back for a second. So different from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, Very yeah. different from yeah. Quantumania. I'd go back. It's very different than Wakanda Forever, although probably closer to that. Right. But then right. very different from She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel. Yeah. I mean, it's almost jarring to have this kind of a throwback style Marvel uh, show. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me in certain ways of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, I, that's the only, which is not, there are a lot of differences there, but it's genre-wise like that's the only thing even close to what this is that Marvel's done on Disney plus. And even that tonally was pretty different. People keep saying this online and I think it'll be cemented even more once you see the second episode, but you know, it's kind of been built behind the scenes as Marvel's Andor, And I actually hmm. do think that there are a lot of parallels there. I have no idea how the whole series is going to turn out, so I don't know that exactly. Right. But it is definitely slower paced. Like Andor takes a while to get going. It's very dialogue heavy, which I prefer for stuff like this. I, I love the, like some of my favorite scenes are like Nick Fury with Olivia Coleman's character, Sonya, I think her name is, and mm-hmm. just the dialogue. Like that's the kind of stuff I like. But that's very similar to Andor. And I think that there are, um, there's some like sad, dark things about it um, that will only get amplified in the second episode that feels similar as well. So I do, I mean, I hope it turns out like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I am, you're getting me excited for the second episode. Uh, I thought about that while I was while I was watching this, the, the end of it all, just because you had mentioned that. Um, and I, I do... I can I can see that. I was talking to to Candace about it, who did not watch Andor, uh, and I was like, I was 
she also didn't, she didn't get to watch Chicken Invasion, but was asking me how it was. And I was trying to talk about it in terms of Andor, which is ultimately unhelpful since it's a show that she also hasn't seen. <laughs> but, nice work. <laughs> but you right. Uh, but I was talking about how, you know, it's sort of like it, it, it's a, it's a slow burn, but it's building towards something. And I mean, I do think it's a bit less of a slow burn than Andor was in part because I am already invested in the characters, whereas almost all the characters sure. in Andor are, were new introductions. But, um, I, and she said, uh, why do shows feel like you have to work so hard to get some kind of resolution? Like, do you have to sit through slow burn? Like, can't, can't it just, but I think, that, which is a fair point on the Andor side, but that's a different conversation to have here. Candace is saying time is a finite resource. Um, I mean, I couldn't disagree more with anything that's happening right now, but I'll <laughs> let you keep talking for sure. Uh, but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I I feel that in comparison to other Disney Plus projects, but to me, it's a really welcome. Like, I didn't it didn't feel slow to me at all. It felt slow in comparison. Sure, but. If anything... In comparison to Guardians 3, it's slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true, because Guardians 3 kind of kicks off immediately. But I think that's... that. It was almost the, the opposite in certain moments where, you know, I like I said, I really like the opening scene and how it lets us know what the threat is. Yeah, and what's going on. But I feel like there were other scenes where I I wish that they had almost given us a little bit less information, and I'll pro I, I may feel differently as we go further because I was watching this thinking we only have you know unlike Andor we only have six episodes. I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of twists, and they have to try to get. They're probably going to have to pack a lot of plot points into these early ones. But there were certain kind of exposition dumps that felt. Like like the the first scene where Fury and Hill and Talos are sitting together in the kind of living room area, it felt like there was so much kind of briefing thrown at us, and that was one of those like no very few cuts uh, scenes, and it just felt a little bit like this, like this is so much that I can track with it but I almost wonder if I could have gotten this in little bits and pieces and then had to figure out what's going on and why are there two sets of scrolls and are they together or against each other and who's who? Like, I feel like they could have wow. kept that as more of a, like, laying out some clues rather than Hill just saying, these are who we think the scrolls are. This is what we think they want. They, you know, they're not harmed by nuclear radiation. Like, boom, 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 like, there we go. Like, here's the plan where I just, I feel like there could have been some more almost like slowly paced reveals out of that. I, I, I'm stunned. One, this is not the vibe I thought we were going to have for the episode. So that's <laughs> one I can't even process right now. Two, I genuinely thought if there was a show that Robbie was going to like, it was going to be this one more than most people because of how slow it was. 
So that is now catching me off guard. I, I guess I'd say back to that. Okay. First of all, I think you don't know what happens. And I think you're overweighting the exposition that was given there. Like, I don't think okay. the show okay. is just about that exposition, that exposition dump specifically, because I just watched it 10 seconds ago, uh, was talking about that. They're trying to get this bomb made. But then the bomb goes off at the end of the first episode, and I don't think the whole show is going to be necessarily okay. just about leading up to that bombing. No, that that's a good point. Um, that's a good point. And, 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 and I don't want to. And I'm I do really think not. there. I do think there is some part of it that uh, they probably feel like they need to explain a little bit of what happened if you haven't seen anything, and so there's always that. You know, like I would mm -hmm. say, I was watching this, and halfway through, one of the notes I actually said, and this is, you know, this is tooting our own horn here. But you should go watch our friendly reminder on YouTube because yeah. th we actually nailed some of the sequences that they're talking about. Like we we raised the question about like what's Soren been doing? Well, you get that mm -hmm. answer right away. Uh, where's Gaia been? You get that answer right away. Like there are a lot of things we talked about in that reminder. So actually even me putting it together, I was thankful to have seen that ahead of time. Um, yeah. Like literally this kind of confirmed and agent Ross, we talked a lot in our saga so far episode yeah. about agent Ross, which we still haven't seen agent Ross. Technically we've just seen a, a scroll yeah. agent Ross. Um, well, and maybe and we may not ever see him. Yeah. Yeah. I, so first off I'm highlighting, I'm highlighting some concerns that I feel it's always hard with these shows versus films, right? Because yeah, I don't like this at all. Like I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> because we're jumping, we're jumping in and trying to evaluate without knowing the full picture. But I'm totally. just, you know, I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm airing some, some issues that 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 <laughs> okay. like set off some beacons for me. Can you get here with me? Can you say that like again? Maybe my episode two is influencing this, but I feel like you kind of immediately twenty five minutes in realize like, oh, this is. This is upper echelon TV. Like I, the set design, most yes, of the dialogue, yeah. the acting performances you're getting, like the visual, the different camera angles. Like I feel like, can you get there? Like you're like, okay, this is obviously, like yeah. I don't think we're going to have the same concerns that people had with certain things like She-Hulk or whatever, which we didn't feel, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, especially from a visual CGI perspective. Yeah. Exactly. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think what I, what I liked the most with this episode, and I want to focus on this because this is, this was my larger takeaway. Like there are little nits that I had that may or may not even stick, but from like a zoomed out perspective, I was really, really happy with just the general approach not only what they're going for in terms of just a feel, but also kind of the roles that they're giving certain characters, I think are really interesting and make a ton of sense. Like, for instance, I, I had not really thought of Nick Fury as, as coming into this, dealing with all this self-doubt. You know, like yeah. I hadn't, I, it, it makes so much sense with the arc that he's had, but I don't think that I really, I had not prepared myself for this different version of the character. And I'm really loving that because we've talked about how through the infinity saga, that was one of the real strengths I thought is 
for the most part, every time you saw one of the main characters, at least one of the Avengers, you kind of saw them having gone through some level of growth. And it's so fun to trace those arcs. And I love that we've always seen Fury be fairly confident. Yeah. Three you know, ahead. Winter Soldier is, the, is like the one exception where he's like, oh, you know, but even then, you know, he's like, I noticed. What do you think we're doing here? Exactly. Like, it, there's always this like, and, and the conversation he has with Hill, I love, kind of highlights that. Like the Fury I knew was always three steps ahead. Right. And you never really know if, if he's, like whenever he's kind of captured by Olivia Coleman's MI6 folks, it's, he says, yeah, I let you know, I let you capture me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's right because he knows to set up the little camera on the owl. Sure. But you're not quite sure if right. that's him covering or if that was intentional. And so it's like, I love, I love that. Uh, I love seeing kind of a vulnerability to the character. And then I'm, I'm not going to go through each character, but as another example, I love that Talos is dealing with his own yeah uh like d this war of allegiances right like am i with my friend of 30 years right or am i with my people you know because they're saying yeah. i'm betraying them and you can see that kind of hurt him whenever he hears that and then when like fury kills Yes. Another scroll after he tells him not to. One of the better parts right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I The story, like, I yeah, I really like, and just finally, the I think the whole idea, one thing that I was wondering about coming into this from a comics perspective is how how large will the stakes be? How are they going? What, what's the kind of climax going to look like here? Because the Secret Invasion comic is, you know, it, it ends in kind of comic book event fashion where you have this full-on massive superhero against the Skrulls battle in Central Park. And there are huge, giant people, and, and it's, like a, it's like a straight war. And I knew that we wouldn't be getting that because this has not been billed as like a superhero type Marvel show as much. Right. But I wasn't really sure what, what the scrolls were going to be after. And, and I thought that it's, this makes so much sense to me. Like, I think the difference is in, in secret invasion, the comic, they're trying to actually take over and rule the humans. Yeah. Okay. Whereas here, they're just trying to turn the humans against each other so they eradicate themselves and then just leave them the planet, which I think feels like a really natural MCU, like classic MCU adaptation. Like, like twist. Yeah, twist. Yeah, like yeah. you can't exactly predict it, but you get what the source material is. And and the kind of the groundedness of it. You know, I feel like the like the early phase one and phase two stuff, for the most part, they were trying to make it feel more accessible so sure you would get like you know in, in like iron man 3 instead of the comic where tony like actually figures out a way to inject his suit into his own biology okay like <laughs> they didn't it. go that far right they just kind of it, so i think it does feel very 
it feels both comfortable to me and it feels like it's designed to be accessible to folks in a way that I think is is kind of important for for Marvel right now when I think a lot of people feel like not a lot of people I think some people feel like the kind of zanier sure. stuff has been harder for them to track going back to your original point about Fury and Talos I definitely feel like there's some brewing tension there which I kind of like that being a disagreement I I, mm-hmm. I think ahead of time I would have thought yeah they're totally in lockstep and it's them versus other people so I like there being some tension and then secondly yeah you can definitely tell the influences of they're doing like an old man Logan thing or a mission mm-hmm. impossible, I think fallout where, you know, you're too old for this. or how about, um, skyfall, you know, with like oh, uh, money, man. penny and bond where it's like, right. you're too old, you're past your prime. You like, you don't have it. And then it's like, no, like Nick Fury is going to find some way to still do it. That's kind of the vibe they're pulling from. This feels like an absolute perfect time to tell people about a few things, first of all, and then second of all, come back after all this with just my nitty gritty Marvel notes, not critiques of the show, but like this is a show that's going to, you know, lend itself to a ton of questions about what's happening and where it's going and whatever. But Mm -hmm. I want to tell people, you brought up the comics. First of all, you can check out Organic Price Books, which is our official comics provider, and you can get some awesome omnibuses from them using the promo code friends from work, but you also can check out nerd riot, which is Mm -hmm. this dope star Lord shirt that I'm wearing right now. Again, if you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, there are official merchandise like nerd merchandise provider. And so go to nerdriot.shop. also promo code friends from work, but that's going to lead me perfectly into what I want to talk about today because we are running a special If you go spend money at nerdriot.shop or Organic Price Books and you use our promo code FRIENDSFROMWORK and you will receive a free month of Friends From Work Plus 2.0 Tier 2. If you're just finding our podcast, first of all, thank you. Click like, subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, etc. But we have another part of the podcast called Friends From Work Plus, which is some bonus stuff. And we recently just kind of reinvented how we're doing that. And we really encourage you to check this out. So if you like what you're hearing, you can get more of this stuff on Friends From Work Plus for $5 a month. If you want coverage of a lot of other stuff, you can pay mm-hmm. $15 a month or even $25 a month for a bunch of other stuff, including films that are not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we are covering the other biggest blockbusters of the summer. But we're just doing it on a podcast called Screensaver. So if you want to hear about Mission Impossible, if you want to hear about Dial of Destiny, we currently have Across the Spider-Verse out on there, The Last of Us out on there. If you want to hear that, that's all for free over on Screensaver. So be, be sure to subscribe to that podcast as well. So the big blockbusters of this summer are free on Screensaver. If you want even deeper dives into those blockbusters, those are over on Friends from Work Plus Tier 2. So just in general, check those things out. Robbie, maybe you can help lay it out a little clearer. Yeah, I mean, this is just a a perfect time to try Friends from Work Plus because of all the summer blockbusters that we're getting to kind of do some deep dives into background-wise. Like, we've had a ton of fun for, you'll see behind me that we have the Flashpoint comic that I got from Organic Price Books. We got to, in preparation for the Flash film that came out last week, go through the Batman 1989 movie, some of the Snyderverse stuff. And it's been really fun. Those are always some of my favorite episodes. And we've also, you know, gotten to go through uh, the Spider-Verse 
you know, universe, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse and, and then Across the Spider-Verse, which came out on the, uh, the main feed for Screensaver. But I say all that because there are a lot of great comic booky projects coming out this summer. And so Organic Price Books and Nerd Riot both have a lot of fun things geared towards that. Yes. So if you're interested in either of those anyway, then go there and use our code and then you get a free month of all of this bonus content that we're talking about. So absolutely. When, when, absolutely. When, so last, when, when. so again, just to reiterate, the flash, for example, is free on screensaver. But if you want that Batman 89 episode or the Snyderverse episode, go do this stuff at nerd ride or organic price books and get a free month of friends from work plus and see if it's for you. All right, we'll be right back. All right, let's get into just a few MCU plot story things, which I think this this story is going to end up being pretty important to the MCU. Sam mm-hmm. Jackson actually talked about how you have to kind of see this before the Marvels, so we'll see if this wraps neatly or not before that. One of the running questions I've had is, what is going to be the tip that people, humans, I guess, see in scrolls that tips them off that they're a scroll? Like at the very beginning when Prescott is ranting about the scrolls, what is it about Ross that all of a sudden he realizes I have to kill this guy. This is a scroll. And how are they going to differentiate that all the time? Because I watched it a second time and Mm -hmm. all that happens is he says like, um, no, you can trust me. I'm going to take this to fury. And as he's doing that, Prescott decides, no, I got to kill this guy. What was it in that conversation that led him to know that? I I feel like it was the, insistence on taking the the proof with him with him okay like it it it, because it it set off some alarms for me too where it's like he's being too one he he's not as alarmed by this as i feel like he should be you know and i know he's trying to kind of play off oh you know you don't this is crazy this is a conspiracy theory right but i feel like but it's so subtle, and I, I actually really, I, I really do think, weirdly, that was my my favorite scene of the whole series uh, because of how well Martin Freeman plays that. And, and to your question, I think it's going to have to be really subtle like that. Mm. But it, it's it. I, I think, and and that's why I'm so excited for for this show because we've got such an incredible cast. Hmm. Like, so they can anything. do subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, the, the other scene that I loved was the Olivia Coleman, Samuel L. Jackson scene. Yeah. I mean, you're just getting these masterclass yeah. actors in there getting to do this kind of like to have all of those particular talents working in the kind of paranoid thriller context is so fun. Okay, before that answer, going really quick back to Ross, I love the subtlety in even what they're doing visually. Did you catch his eyes? Like, go back and watch it again when he misses the jump and falls to his death, which, by the way, we just don't typically see that kind of thing in these kind of shows. So that was kind Mm -hmm. of, whoa. Uh, But when he's laying on the ground, they're doing something. His eyes are, like, extra black. It's almost like he started turning to a scroll maybe, like, 
10%, but didn't lose all of his shape shifting. So it's like mm. the face that's damaged is, is half scroll almost just the part that's yeah. damaged, but it's like his eye is almost like bigger. I'm doing again, video thing. His <laughs> eyes almost bigger and like kind of almost drooping. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know. There's subtle visual yeah. cues of like, Oh, he is going to be a scroll, which is cool. Uh, yes. For me, and this plays in episode two, Olivia Coleman was a huge standout for me. Oh, I, man, I yeah. love her confidence. And yeah, I love that they have a past relationship working together and her just straight being blunt, calling him out about being too old. I don't know. That mm -hmm. whole thing really worked for me. Yeah. I mean, and, and Olivia Coleman's one of those actors that just does not take a day off. You're going to like, love her in episode two, which is just a teaser, man, just a teaser. You're going to yeah, love it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love that. I, I love that she's in this show. And then there, there are actors that we haven't even seen yet. And this is where I think that the show will really take off for me is when we get a little bit more with Dermot Mulroney and Don Sheedle's storyline. I mean, we saw them for a moment in, in this episode. Which the president we talked about that, I guess is a nobody. <laughs> I'm meaning like we didn't know that. Right. Right? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Someone yeah. we didn't. Yeah. But it is, you know, I feel like Marvel maybe tipping their hand a little bit in terms of us knowing that it will ultimately be. Sure. Like, could it go so poorly during this series that it leads to like the impeachment or death of the president? Right. AKA. Or is the, is the president a scroll? Like we sort oh, of okay, yeah. postulated. And now you have to ask that question about everybody, which is yeah. kind of a different thing. Well, actually, I want to I want to talk about that briefly just to get your thoughts on something. So one of the other differences here that I'm I'm curious about and I'm curious to get your thoughts on what's happening. In the Secret Invasion comic, what Brian Michael Bendis did that was so mind blowing at the time was he had these reveals that characters he had been writing for years in, in various series had been scrolls the entire time. Right. And he had written it in a way from the beginning to where that held up. You know, it wasn't as though that was a retcon. Okay. And so I think people that know that, whether they've read the series or are just kind of aware of how that panned out, we've been looking over the last few years at characters asking oh, is this a scroll? Has, how long have they been a scroll? But now I'm, I'm wondering, you know, does that mean that, that Ross has been a scroll in any other appearance that we've seen? Or does that mean that this was just a scroll in that exact moment that was impersonating Ross, but that Ross you know, everything we saw from him in Wakanda forever, you know, all that was the actual human Ross. What do you think both, not just with that character, but that's just kind of by way of example, but do you think we're going to get entrenched? This person has been a scroll for, you know, X number of projects, or do you think it's going to be mostly this, ooh, like, I don't know, are they being impersonated or is it the real one? 
Um, quickly, I just kind of tell everyone who's watching because we made so many jokes while watching. My camera's dying, so it's dead. I'm so sorry. So I'm switching over to this other webcam. You'll see me still, but don't judge the quality if that's what it was. Okay, so a little disclaimer there. Sorry, my camera's dead. Um, fascinating question. Absolutely fascinating. One that I don't want to reveal anything from episode two, but I, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know how much this show is going to get into any past characters type stuff like Bendis did. Like, right. and I don't know this from episode two, but like, are, are we going to get into the Sharon, you know, Carter of it all? Like what did she, did something happen there? Are we going to get into Val? Like, yeah, is that going to be revealed or is it going to be like what you're saying? Either characters they introduce in the show and then tell you, Oh, that's a scroll like the president theoretically, or is it going to be that they can just find a picture of Everett Ross and then turn to him? And that doesn't mean that mm -hmm. he ever was a scroll, just that version was. I don't have an answer. Um, I think they would have to do a couple of long standing characters being scrolls to have it not feel totally cheap for the show. Right? Like, don't you think they need yeah. one or two like big ones? Like if they do yeah. like a Sharon was a scroll the whole time kind of thing, then I think that would help tie the show together a little bit more. If it's only characters that are introduced. Oh yeah. Agreed. I think I, and, and I don't have a strong take on the Ross thing. That's interesting. I mean, I, I certainly, I don't, I definitely don't think it means he was a scroll in other projects right now. I don't think it means and, that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think. But will it ever? Will it ever mean that? Maybe. I think my in terms of what I would want, I I think that I would like some some longer term characters. I think I don't really want to go pre endgame with that, you know, just because I I don't want to start. I don't think that that would ever have been the intention. Right, so I don't really want to... Yes, yes. That that would feel like a retcon. But I think really anything WandaVision forward, you know, given yeah. that we have a scroll appearance in WandaVision, yeah. I'm, I think it's all fair games. Basically, like, at phase point. four onward, I think I would be... Because, yeah, the Sharon Carter, like, especially now that I know what the scroll's intent is, which is to basically turn oh, how much humans sense against each make? other. It would make so much sense. And even Val, to your point, like just getting in and, and like the fact that she's the one putting Yelena on Hawkeye's trail. Like if the idea is just to cause chaos, mm. you know, it see, all kind see, of. And, and that's where I say, like, maybe the show's not even wrapped, though. Like this is way out there. But if Val was a scroll, mm. maybe they don't stop her pre Thunderbolts. Maybe the entire Thunderbolts is like organized by a scroll still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that, but. No, but no, I, I really, the, the other thing that I, I have no idea, I don't think that we're going to get this, which is totally fine. If we did, it would take a decent departure uh, from, from the premise we've gotten about how scroll technology works. But in the, in the comics, one thing that I always loved is some of the scrolls don't even know that they're scrolls. Like they're so deep undercover that, they have oh, actually okay. been tricked by scroll like high command into thinking that they are human 
so that they can like they can't give themselves away because they don't even know that they have anything to give away. And so okay, there's okay. big reveals where it's like someone starts, you know, they, they die or they realize that they're actually a scroll and it's tragic for them because they thought they were the real Sharon Carter, you know? Oh, well, we haven't gotten that deep yet, but there's that line from Gaia where she's like the stronger, uh, the longer and the stronger you stay in your shell, the more, difficult it becomes for other people to see you and then we saw that machine by the way same machine from captain marvel shout out our friendly reminder i highlighted the exact scene um i love that but that kind of like knocks them out that's almost like yeah it's almost like inception type stuff where they're out Uh uh-huh but yeah that's kind of a hint at what you're saying like maybe you can stay human for so long in that shell that you eventually start feeling so human that you almost forget. I don't know if we'll go that far, but that's kind of a, yeah. that's kind of a little shout out at that a little bit. No, no, I, I thought about that. Okay. So the other thing one, you know, talking about again, like the comic shout outs and, and the way that I think it feels very classic MCU of taking a, a, a big thing in Marvel comics and working it in, in a grounded way. Saber, mm. you know, the, wow. that's, I, I'm, I'm sure this came out in promotional material. I'm sure there are folks that knew that this was going to be a thing and, and I just wasn't tracking it. Dunder but Mifflin so and Sabre. It's Sabre. Dunder Mifflin and Sabre. <laughs> Sabre. Come on. <laughs> office reference? That's a deep cut. It's one of the best things ever. Sabre takes That over. is, what is that, season <laughs> seven? But seven, it's eight? spelled Sabre and they make the right. whole song based on Sabre. It's Sabre. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's like trying to rhyme it still. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So that's a comics thing too. I can't, how much do we know about Saber in the MCU? Cause I can't get the tr- trailer of the Marvels out of my head. Is that the only spot or the WandaVision stuff too? So I don't think that if, if that was, if that was dropped in WandaVision, it, it's not something that I remember. Uh, in, in the, in the comics, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Sword is the kind of extraterrestrial arm of, Shield. I mean, they're de- they're different agencies, but they function. Whereas Shield is, I mean, literally, right. it's, it's Shield, shield and Sword, or right? We had Sword and, in Wandavision, right? So, but what I like here is that we actually see Sword functioning more like it does in in the comics. Okay. Because in, in Wandavision, it felt more like a like a heightened version of NASA. But but Saber is just an extension of Sword. You're saying. It's just the actual space, space station. Space. Okay. It's like the helicarrier of of sword. Okay. I, I I love it. I'm fascinated that the government it's kind of winter soldier. They're back to building defenses yeah. that are extreme measures to which if used in the wrong hands, you know, same thing. Um regarding that as well, you know, we got so many hints that Nick Fury fail that is objective to find a home, but we still don't know why, or like they talk about how fury blipped, but then they talk about how he yeah. went away to, to saber. But when in there, did he fail to find them a planet? No, that's a great, yeah. Because they, they talk about him abandoning them. Right. But also and that I was in the nineties, right? So we're now like 30 years later. So there was a lot of time. Yeah. Well, not yeah, just the blip. Just, and I'm not, I'm I'm really to your point there probably is a there's a lot more going on and that is where I think I I should 
I should maybe backtrack in some of my initial exposition dump criticism because they did lay out some clues that that we still don't really know the the meaning of yet. I like think they that, were just like, dumping the bombing to say this is a terrible event that's going to trigger all these other things. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. I think if we had lingered on the bombing, like didn't dump it, right? You're just doing these little hints. I think right. it would have felt like it's building up too much to the one event, this bomb. Yeah, bomb. and you know what? That's that's true. And I like that the I like that that's not the final end goal. Like that that I, I'm glad that it wasn't all building up to we have to stop this bombing, and that's the sixth episode. Correct. Right. So that's a that's a good point. But one, yeah, que- from a question perspective. I don't know when Fury would have abandoned them because Fury wasn't even, he never agreed personally to, to give them a home. That was all Carol. Yep. And also, he the brings Skrulls up Carol here, but yeah. Right, right. But it wasn't like, so I, I just don't think it would have been them saying, oh, you know, you stayed on Earth back in the 90s and that was you abandoning us. I don't know if there's some, Maybe there was something between that and Infinity War even that we didn't see. You know, we still don't really know what Fury was doing between Age of Ultron and the Infinity War stinger. So there is there are a lot of gaps to to fill in. But I'm just intrigued that he and Carol failed when it was so many years ago. Like, they had so much time to do it. Like, yes, the blip was a big deal, and he changed after the blip, sure, but that's like seven years ago of 30. What happened in the first 23 years when they were trying yeah. to do that? Well, and surely we'll get something more on that. I'm I'm hoping that we get more insights specifically, and I'm sure we will, but specifically into their, their motivation. Not not we know what they're trying to do when I say they being the the bad scrolls. But I want to know why they feel so wounded. And I think this is what's going to to point to that. Because just from what we know, it's not as though, I mean, it's not like, or I never got the sense that the scrolls were intending to to come and colonize or take over Earth back in the 90s. And that Carol was like, okay, look, no, if you don't do this, then I promise I'll find you another home. Like my sense was they were refugees I- anyway, and she was just willing to help them out. So it's it's interesting that rather than them seeing that and saying, oh, well, you know, like that didn't work out, but we're just going to kind of go out on our own and figure something out ourselves, that they feel like there was some broken promise and that they're now owed restitution. Right? Yeah, no comment. Okay, uh, interesting. <laughs> um Is there more to the Soren being dead thing? That feels like a pretty big reveal that his wife, who we saw in Far From Home, is dead. He said yeah. that Gaia's bosses is who killed him, killed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just crazy. Maria being dead is crazy. I said that right, but yeah. I guess yeah, we no, haven't I mean, seen well, a lot of Maria recently, but still. I kept expecting her... I mean, I... I, I was wondering if she was going to turn to a scroll there in the final moments. Obviously, she didn't. But it is interesting that she and Soren 
both are now dead when the last time we saw Soren, she was impersonating Maria Hill. Right. That's fascinating. So we lost yeah, both I, of the same character. <laughs> yeah, there's no... Although I do wonder... Do I just wonder if Soren's even really dead. Oh, like, wow. I, I, just, I don't know. Like, I'm just... Is that there would be a, such a weird thing to fake for Talos. Or, or maybe Talos doesn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do... One thing that I do love about about Talos in that regard, by the way, is that I I like that when we first met him, he was kind of the leader of the of the scroll forces. And now he's been cast it, out. Yeah, and it puts him in a similar spot to Fury in that, you know, Fury used to be Yeah, the old the, Yeah, he was like the most powerful guy in the world in some in some senses. And now, yeah, they're both kind of on their own and having to just rely on their whatever instincts and capabilities they have apart from the systems. The Avengers got a shout out here as like a oh, little one of my that favorite was his lines. midlife crisis. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, just this is how we like to end it. Rapid fire, few things. Did you notice they shortened the Marvel Studios logo? They tightened it up now. I oh, think that's I going to be what it's going to be going forward in these series. So instead of, I guess, I didn't mind it, but instead of sitting through the whole thing, it mm -hmm. kind of starts with a little credit thing and just goes to a new logo. You'll notice it. Um, one of the lines I thought was fascinating was the one they kicked off the show with, which was, imagine a society where information can't be trusted. Not that hard to imagine, right? Like, it feels pretty current <laughs> right. in that way. That's kind of cool. Um, I also wanted to shout out two things about the new Scrollos and the scrolls. Uh, I like the little undercover slogan of home in my own skin. I don't know if that's from the comics, uh -huh. but I think that's like a good, that's a good code word yeah. line. And no, and fits. I, I don't. Yeah. I like that. And I don't I, think that's from the comics that I've read. Okay. And is this from the comics? Cause I think it's genius. The radiation thing. Maybe that's cause I just watched Chernobyl, but I love that plot point that the scrolls are immune to radiation. So they're hiding out in places where humans can't go. Right. That that is that in the comics? That's genius. That's a great plot no, point. No, that, that no, I, that's great. And just to clarify, is their plan to set off a nuclear world war? I think, yeah, yeah, maybe they're they're definitely trying to get everyone fighting so that there are more spots like that. They eventually, I think, would prefer all of humans to be erased and then just live on Earth. But if it happens to be nuclear war doing that, then there are more spots they could live because of the radiation, right? So kind of double whammy. So like even if not all humans were wiped from the face right. of the earth, there would still be more of it for them. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because I was just thinking that would be like, even if the, the radiation doesn't harm them, I would think that There'd be a, lot a worldwide <laughs> nuclear holocaust would not, like that wouldn't make for a particularly hospitable no. Planet. <laughs> no, they'd have to rebuild. I think they want humans out of the way. That's the point. Yeah. Which I yeah, I'm I I want to hear all of your final bullet points. And then I have one okay. one thing that I kind of love that I want to wrap with on my end. Okay, real fast bullet points. I really liked the interrogation scene with Talos and Fury on the bomb maker. Like I mm -hmm. like seeing mm -hmm. Fury kind of have that confidence back for a second. I loved his line of um you just told one lie and everyone gets one, but yes. nobody gets two. 
Oh, you yeah. just told the second one. I just told you nobody gets to. Like, I love that kind of fury. That was fun. And I like their dynamic back and forth of him poking fun of him being like, I know a bunch of really good looking scrolls and you are not one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like the relationship, that interrogation, mm-hmm. I was into that. Which, by the way, I, to that point, he made a couple of comments, Fury, in, in the first episode, alluding to his 30-year history with the scrolls. Yeah. And and I'm obviously we've never seen any interaction outside of Captain Marvel and you know the the credits of Far From Home. So I'm really I think I had always assumed you know he maybe reconnected with the scrolls following the blip, which it you know I, I think happened to some degree, but I did not I'm I'm really I like how much they're leaning into him being really familiar and really close with certain scrolls. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that looked like, like what the kind of secret history of Nick Fury is there. Absolutely. And my final bullet point, you brought up Falcon winter soldier. I think this is another parallel to Falcon winter soldier. Like this feels like a buddy cop thing in a way that I'm already way Mm. more bought into for me personally, whether it's the performances, the writing or the story they're trying to convey anyways, that Mm. just works. And another thing I like is like I said earlier, I like that instead of just running with the buddy cop of like, Hey, here are two guys that don't agree with each other. And throughout this series, they're going to come closer. I like, Hey, these are guys that had a a history and a relationship. And we've seen that more than we ever Mm -hmm. saw Bucky and Sam have one, but look at this brewing tension that might ultimately tear them apart, which is like Fury shot him. And he's like, dude, I'm Uh trying not to kill any of my people. Like you still don't get it. Which there's just ben some in there. It'd be really fun if that kind of eventually, you know, goes the oh, other yeah. direction. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I, the way that Ben Mendelssohn delivers that line yep. was so clutch in that way, I think, because there's a world in which that's overacted and it's too kind of Shakespearean and, you know, I am betrayed now and it's just forecasting this, oh, okay, this is exactly the dispute. But I like that it's more coming out of a place of, it's like a woundedness, mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure in that moment if he's wounded by fury or if he's wounded by the fact that he just had to fight his own kind or yeah. that he was called a traitor or just the whole situation. Like, yeah. it's again, there's a real subtlety there that I think is so crucial to this entire series like i think when this when this show works the best for me so far it's when they're leaning into that absolutely again i i don't want to add anything there um so what's your final point and then i'll give it a little quick grade perfect um yeah i've got uh just something that i thought about and this is you know you may know more from having seen another episode but I was thinking, why don't the scrolls just try to come and peacefully live? You know, the, the world now knows about aliens and and it seems like there's a world where that would be okay. But then I was thinking, and you know, part of me- Which, pause, feels, pause real quick. Uh, Talos says that, right? He, he has the plant he's growing. I caught that in the second viewing. Yes. And Sam Jackson says, you always thought the assimilation to earth was possible. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Which was a great, on. yeah. yeah. I, I loved that that scene as well. But I was just thinking, you know, I, I'm sure that most of the the folks that are part of New Scrollos will 
will, I don't know, be bested in some way. But to the extent they're not, I started thinking, okay, we already have new Asgard. You know, we're living in this post-Blip world where Earth was invaded by aliens now for the second time. And the Asgardians are technically aliens if the scrolls were to kind of go public and just try to live on the Earth. That's now another colony of aliens. And it just started, I started thinking, if Marvel wanted to build to another kind of civil war-ish but conflict. Amongst, amongst like races of aliens now living on Earth? Well, that for sure, because that's a great, because there's kind of the Cree the scroll war is one of the famous Marvel epics. But I was even thinking, you know, at some point are humans going to be fed oh, up with like all so, of these yeah. Yeah, Avenger yeah. related people, peoples coming to live on the planet? And could it be this, okay, now it's like in the same way that that the the governments of Earth decided, okay, we can't let the Avengers function without any kind of oversight. And so it sort of became governments versus Avengers and then Avengers versus Avengers. Could we wind up with a situation where there are people on Earth saying, look, like this is almost like a, a xenophobia thing, you know, but well, turning into this is too far. And then you have some Avengers saying, yeah, you know, that's fair. And then other Avengers saying you know, like Thor and Captain Marvel saying like, no, this is, I feel like it could build to an interesting ideological conflict. And that feels so much like the mutant thing. Like that just triggered the mutant part in my brain. Yeah. Like maybe we're talking years down the road. We're talking like 2028 at this point, post secret mm -hmm. wars. Like maybe that could be a plot line that now mutants are also there. And so like you have all these different non-technically human people all uh -huh. over scrolls, new Asgardians, uh, mutants, and it's like, yeah, that could play into it, maybe. It, I, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about this at the time, but yeah, I mean, in going back to Bendis's run, the way he kind of caps off his first big arc is in this four issue event called Siege. And what, what happens is Asgard is kind of on Earth during that phase and the way they are now in the MCU but they're in Oklahoma instead of Norway. Uh, and there's a, there's a moment that's basically orchestrated by, you know, we've talked about the role that Norman Osborn plays within the, that era of Marvel comics where he's kind of the, you know, the, the dark Nick Fury where he basically orchestrates this, this attack and, makes it look like it came from Asgardians and hmm. therefore kind of fosters this conflict and gets people really riled up against the Asgardians. And then he's able to use that as a pretext to then go and attack them himself. And I just, I'm starting to see like, because of what's going on with the scrolls, because of the level of, of like doubt that this could sow within just if people realize how infiltrated the scrolls yes. are and you know it's just it could develop this very us against them well and, and, and then in that case i kind of would like to see new scrollos and especially like how fun would it be to see new asgard more developed 
Like we saw yeah. what Valkyrie has done thus far, but what if the next time we check in on them, like you look and it looks more like Nashville or Chicago. And all of a sudden it's oh, like, okay, yeah. this is getting like, right now you're thinking it's just a few people living on the coast. You know, there's what, it looks like there's what 5,000 people max. Yeah. And, max max. And, uh, it would just be interesting to see like, Oh wow, they've grown. There's, there's 200,000 people and they have like a city and they're building up their like Bifrost or something. It's like, okay, yeah, no, this I mean, is getting like, is, Whoa, like it would be because, because yeah, in, in, in game, it looks like a straight up kind of refugee village. You know, they're still making their way. And then in, in love and thunder, it's more developed, but yeah, I wonder, like, are we ever going to see something that looks more like Asgard, like original Asgard? And guess what else I just thought of? I'm now also thinking, what about, like, the uh, Namor's people and Wakanda? Like, you have all yeah. these different now, like, they're humans, but you know what I mean? Like, humans, quote unquote, right. people. This could yeah, be, no, I mean, maybe we're yeah, something. Namor's here. people especially, yeah. Yeah, like, he wants he wants the surface world gone, right? So And he wants them at war with each other, I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm intrigued. All right. Okay. See, I like it. it this is, and this is like, this is a, you know, we've talked about the kind of tracing the line through the more grounded right. films. And I know this is dealing with aliens, but it does feel in that way. Like you could, you could start to see whether this is the intention, a through line from Falcon or soldier to Wakanda forever right. to secret invasion. For me, episode one is somewhere between a let's go or let's go plus. If you're just new to this podcast, that's our our grading, our rating system. That would be equivalent to like a B or a B plus. My overall initial social media reaction, I gave it like an 8.7 out of 10. So that tells you a little bit of how much I enjoyed episode two. two mm. um, and again, when you get these screeners, you get two episodes. We watch them back to back. It's it really hard. You know, I'm not watching it weekly, right. so it gets it really hard to separate the two. So that's why I rewatched the first one before this episode. But I would say this this one isolated. Let's go or let's go plus. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a, a straight flat. Let's go. Mostly because of the, the like what I again what I love is the potential for what's yep. coming. I love all the ingredients. I'm I'm genuinely, I'm excited. I'm invested. I love how much this feels like it could change the change the hierarchy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Adam shows up. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's go for me. Hey, look. If you go back and listen on this podcast, we gave the first two episodes of Miss Marvel, Let's Freaking Goes, maybe Let's Freaking Go Pluses for the mm -hmm. second one. Um, we did the same thing with Hawkeye, and some of those shows massively dipped in the middle for us to where we even did, like I think, like a that's sadder, that missed opportunity with a few episodes. Yeah. So, hey, I'd rather it be the other way. I'd rather say Let's Go, and then next week is like a Let's Freaking Go Minus, and then we just keep going from there. That's what I would rather have happen. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm especially with a show see. like this where it's slower pace and takes some time to develop, mm -hmm. I'm more concerned now. You know, talking Andor, like I'm now more concerned that six episodes might not be enough. Like to fully flesh yeah. this out, do we need eight, nine, or ten? Whereas I don't think I felt that way with Miss Marvel. I was like, these are awesome standalone, but there's not so much introduced here that like how could they possibly wrap it in four and a half hours or whatever? Yeah, uh, this yeah. I'm more like, ooh, we'll see. If anything, with Miss Marvel, I feel like the the length was almost detriment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think it was uh, if they had just 
Yeah, no, it no. felt overstuffed, but I don't think the answer would have been more episodes. I think it would have been less plot. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, here I, I I totally agree. I'm also really I'm curious to follow along episode by episode and see a couple of the concerns that that not concerns is maybe even strong, but <laughs> sure. but some of the you know some of the camera work that I talked about not loving as much and a couple of the moments that I thought could have just been a little bit tighter from a writing perspective I think could change a lot just if we have a different script writer or if we have a different cinematographer like and I'm not sure what the situation here with this series is I know like with Moon Knight we we got to interview a cinematographer for I think two or three of the episodes, but there was another cinematographer for the other ones. And, you know, all of these shows are, are kind of normally rotating writers, at least as, as the, right. the script writing credits go. So I'm, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me that a second episode could build on this foundation and improve. If you liked what you heard today, we are so excited to have you here. There are so many ways you can get involved. But just for now, as I mentioned, you listening is amazing. Thank you. We are very grateful. If you can subscribe and like on all those platforms, that would be very helpful. But we will be going through all of this stuff weekly for the next six weeks, talking about Secret Invasion. And then on top of that, as we mentioned, we have a promo going for Friends from Work Plus, where you can check out our coverage of other films as well. And some of those will be on Screensaver. So there are ways to get involved if you like what you hear. We are so excited to have you guys here. We'll be back a week from today, again, talking about Secret Invasion Episode 2, which I teased that I love. And our goal is to add joy to this community in general and add joy and fulfillment to these shows. So if you want to be a part of the discussion, we'll see you back here next week on Friends from World.